This is Timeline from BPR Classical. I'm James Stewart. For the past few episodes, we've been exploring different aspects of music therapy. We've talked about how music is being used to treat those with chronic pain, dementia, memory loss, and ADHD. This episode, we thought it would be nice to talk to a practitioner of the growing field. So I'm Maggie Connors, and I'm a board-certified music therapist. I had always been really involved in music. I played in BYO. I'm a a bassoonist as my primary instrument. I loved working with people and working with kids, and I loved watching how people interact and some of that psychology, sociology aspects. And music therapy was this really interesting Venn diagram where everything was in that little center in the middle. I asked Maggie to give us a brief definition of what music therapy is in her own words. She says that her job is to use music clinically to achieve clinical goals. So we're going to work in a lot of different domain areas. It might look like we're teaching music or we're teaching an instrument, and we can use music as an external stimuli to help somebody connect with what's going on in their body and also move them into a different psychological, physiological state. You might hear this talked about in music therapy as the ISO principle. If I have a a student or a patient that's really angry, really upset, um, really excited, I'm going to start whatever we're doing, whether it's instrument playing or singing or dancing, we're going to start wherever they are. If they're really excited, if they're really mad, it's going to be, we're going to match their kind of level and then I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to change it. So I'm going to maybe, maybe I'll try like slowing down a little bit on the guitar. Like, are they going to follow me? And if they don't, maybe I'll go back to playing whatever the fast, loud, crazy music, um, with the, with the goal and the hope and the training to move them from wherever they are to where, where we want to be. Emphasis on the patient and their clinical needs is paramount to the music therapist. Maggie shared that she knows the treatment is working when she hears the patient say, This is the best I've felt all day, or this totally turned my day around. Like, I was having a horrible day, and now I, felt, I feel like I, I just turned a corner. Or parents that'll say, like, it... It's so great to see my, my kid being a kid or to, you know, see what they're capable of and to see them kind of at their, their highest potential. I've been reading a great deal about music therapy lately, and I've noticed two troubling trends. First, the research is grossly underfunded and incomplete. And second, there seems to be a presupposed idea that becoming a music therapist is easy and doesn't require much study or preparation. You know, this is we, where we get into the the reality that music therapy is, it's been around for a long time, you know, back in, you know, back into World War One, World War Two, but it's still young and it's still a growing profession. Many people don't know the possibility of like what, it, what could something look like with a trained music therapist. We're working with populations that have a lot of different needs and different ways of communicating or even, you know, vulnerable populations where, you know, you can, you ha- if you open a box, you have to be able to close it. A lot of the times I think of like sensory regulation. And if you don't have any idea how to work with somebody and don't have the training to work with somebody that is, can go into sensory overload or, you know, hypersensitive or hyposensitive, um, you can actually cause harm. You want a trained music therapist. You want a board-certified music therapist. We have our standards of practice and our code of ethics, and we have all this training and continuing education in order to address these needs. Find out more about music therapy and follow the timeline at vpr.org slash timeline.